In the beginning, it really was a group of people that honestly did not know one another. It was a group of people who had been a part of the staff at Real Life Ministries who were all a part of the Spokane area. We had 125 families that committed to supporting a church plant. The idea was, is let's take this group of people who just happen to all live in the same proximity to one another and ask them to go and do something great. We were a mobile church during yes. those first five years. I mean, it was complete blank canvas that we set everything up, chairs, sound system, lighting. Well, remember when we used to do all the baptisms in people's hot tubs early on? And 200 people show up. That creates a parking issue all up and down the streets. Hot tubs would be like flooding. Oh, that's a church? And they're meeting in a home? No, oh, they're just baptizing in a home. Oh, the people of the church began to see that it was their responsibility to be obedient to the things that God had called them to. And ultimately, that began with caring for one another. At the time, this property was worth about $1.3 million, and we got the property for about $330,000. So we'd drive out here, we'd look at this property, and it's just like, just brown, dry, nothing. <laughs> this is where we're gonna build a church, this is nuts. There wasn't much around us. There certainly wasn't, you know, all these neighborhoods and everything. There were a, a, a few houses and so forth. There were so many people who were committed to making this happen because they knew that what God was going to use this place for was saving their brothers, their sisters, their friends, their coworkers, all kinds of people. And dude, that is exactly what God has done in this place. Nathan was really good about not avoiding hard topics. Nathan was the one that laid out the ABCD discipleship process for our church to take their next step in discipleship and to contribute. He really like set us up for growth. There was just a huge felt need and really to, literally to keep the doors open. Then there was that Sunday. That was special. Nathan just encouraged people to come as they were in their street clothes to be baptized, whether it's time, talents, or treasures, all of those contributions led to exponential growth. And it was a much healthier place that we were left in financially and from a staff standpoint and all of these different things. I know I have thanked God numerous times for the uh, opportunity to, that I had and my family had to come out and be a part of Valley Real Life's story. Uh, it was such a special time in our family's history, such a special time in Valley Real Life's history, and to see those come together and to be able to serve alongside you guys for so long uh, was, was such a blessing. You were so good to us, and uh, we really feel like God was able to use us during that time in a significant way. When I first got here, everybody had a team, but it wasn't a team as a whole. And to see the buy-in and the clarity of who we are and where we're going, it's so clear over these last eight years. We really kind of returned back to our roots. A lot can be said about campus expansion, about Barker, about Otis, about uh, Freeman, uh, all these different things. Uh, certainly now Riverside, uh, the expansion of parking and all these things. But at the end of the day, what I've really enjoyed about that is the intention behind it, which is community. Starting back in 2017 and 18, we had these relationships in China, the Philippines, this relationship in Uganda. And so we sent vision teams to each of those. Not only bring a focus, but put financial resources, real resources behind 
missions and outreach. 100% of the donations at Christmas is a great example that it all goes outside of our church. Over these years, our church has given away a million and a half dollars just to impact the community, you know, to see Christ's name glorified. We've built 82 houses in Uganda. We've put in 34 water wells that provides clean water for a quarter of a million people. Up in the Philippines, you know, we've created this whole uh, water refilling station. In the Middle East, you know, we, we're starting to help with some church plants there. Not only do we do it internationally and partner with Ronald and John and finding these international partners, which the church never had over these last eight years. They were like, no, we need to find some international partners that we're gonna do a church planting multiplication movement. We wanna do it here too. Thus we planted Otis. And so Otis is now running over 300. Every single week, it's its own independent church. And now God is leading Holland and the elders there to think about what's their next church plan. And now we're launching Riverside. It's gonna start out as a campus connected to us, but over time, it's gonna be released to be its own church plan from day one. Before even the first services happened, it was all about putting together life groups with Riverside. We actually closed the doors of the church for a number of months, not just to redo the inside, which was great, you know, and, and put up new signs, but it was to get people connected. We have the smallest lobby, you know, in the history of a church, our size at this part of the hemisphere. It's it cold six to nine months out of the year. And so how do we give people an opportunity to relationally connect? So we said by expanding this lobby is an incredible opportunity. And we've seen people now enjoy that on a regular basis. I don't know if I'll ever have a better Easter than this last one. I've never been a part of the Holy Spirit moving in such a powerful way in the last eight, you know, eight years. And it's a credit, again, to the people in this church who are wanting to live for Christ outside this church. And all of our expansion has been about community. What can we do in Otis Orchards? How can we bless the schools and the people living there? What can we do in Freeman after everything that happened there? How can we bless those people? As we expand here, how can we do more for the community around us? That's always been the driver. And so expansion's cool, don't get me wrong, but that's even better. It is so humbling and honoring to be a part of something that didn't just start 20 years ago. It started a little over 2,000 years ago in a place in Jerusalem. That after Jesus rose from the dead, 40 days later, the Holy Spirit descended and the Church of Christ was born. And you got to see that people embrace this vision, they embrace the mission of Jesus, and then they were willing to share that with others. And you and I are recipients of people, generations and generations and generations and different tribes and tongues and languages. We're recipients of that vision. And so I'm excited we get to celebrate these 20 years that God has done. And I really do believe that this is just the beginning of where God has taken us. Now, before we move forward, uh, I want us to, to back up just a little bit. And, and, and that is, today is going to be a little bit more of a vision casting weekend. And so if you're here and you're new, this is a perfect weekend to come because we're going to peel back the curtains and we're going to celebrate a little bit more about what God has done in the past, but we're going to kind of show you where we believe that God is leading us in the future. And I believe that it's not by accident that you're here. I believe it's not by accident that God has you in this place at this hour for such a time as this. 
And I think that God may be speaking to you if you just open up your heart and mind and say, God, why am I here? Why am I here? And see if he might give you an answer to that over the few minutes that we have left. And so before we move forward, as I mentioned, we want to move back and look back. And so what I'd like you to do, and I know this will be uncomfortable for some of you, but we want a chance to honor God by honoring you. If you've been here for 15 to 20 years, based on the video that we just saw, 15 to 20 years, can you please stand? If you've been here for 15 years or more, can you please stand? Can we honor these people? 15 to 20 years. That is amazing. Stay standing. Stay standing for just a second. And this is going to make sense in, in just a moment. If you've been here for nine years or more, go ahead and join those who are standing. If you've been here for nine years or more, let's praise God for them. Love it. Nine years or more. Okay, go ahead and take a seat, you know, uh, if you could. The reason I mentioned nine years or more is because if you've been here for eight years or less, you've been stuck with me. So I just kind of want to throw that out there. If you've been here for um, three to eight years, go ahead and raise your hand. Three to eight years. Raise your hand. Look around so you can kind of see that. How many people have been here three to eight years? Now, this is kind of my favorite one. If you've been here for less than three years, then go ahead and raise your hand now. Look around the room, guys. Look around the room. Look what God is doing. (laughs) We've realized that 40% of our congregation has been here for less than three years. That God is just bringing people and drawing people. And so we're excited that you're here. And if you've been here for about 10 years or less, you understand that we are recipients of those who've been here for 10 years or more. That they sacrificed, that they gave, that they, they had a vision. They're meeting in schools and they're processing through, as you saw in the video, and they got involved. They recognized the vision. The Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. And so we want to be a church that continues to celebrate but move forward because God has us here for a reason. And, and, and I wonder what the video will look like five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. What will we... If those of us who will be around 20 years from now, if Christ is not to return, what will we be celebrating then? And that's what we kind of want to focus in on now, because the vision has not changed since the beginning. Our, our vision has always been to reach the world for Jesus one person at a time. What that means as a church and individually, and this sounds weird, is that primarily we exist for those who are not yet here. We exist for those who maybe not even thought about Christ either here or around the world. And as soon as churches begin to focus on what's best for us who are in the church, what we like and our preferences, we lose the power to which God has given us. Because in Acts chapter one, verse eight, this is what Jesus tells us when he says, but you will receive power. And who doesn't want power? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And so what's the purpose? What's one of the purposes of the power of the Holy Spirit? Jesus says, so that you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. This is part of the reason we exist, part of the reason we have the Spirit. So we are supposed to tell people in Green Acres, in Spokane Valley, in Liberty Lake, in Post Falls, you know, all over this area. And then, as the Bible says, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is part of the reason we've been given the Holy Spirit. And one of the things, you know, that that hit me, and we're going to do this one last time, is I want you to take a look at the cross. We have had God do an extraordinary thing this past year. 
For as you can see, uh, we've never filled up the cross before. Those of you who may be new, every year, and it's going to start next week, the cross goes dark. And every one of those light bulbs represents someone who got baptized in the faith. And we had to add a different color this year. You see green ones now because we had to add two people underneath every one of those light bulbs because we ran out of light bulbs. So a new cross is actually being built as we speak. But I want you to see that because this last year, just put this around your heart and mind, we had 320 baptisms in one year. Just these last 12 months. 320. Actually, actually, correction, it's 322 because two, we had two people get baptized last service. So it's now 322, and who knows what's going to happen you know, at the end of this service. And so it's just absolutely amaz- amazing. You heard me say it. I'll never forget. If you were here at Easter, I'll never forget Easter as long as I live. I went home on that first night, and I just cried with my wife saying, I don't even need to do another service. That was worth it for me. You know, It was worth it because if you were here, you got a chance to see God do something that you read in books about. What God seems to do in other countries, where his spirit moved in such a way that we saw over 150 people decide to come forward, young and old, connected, not connected, and give their life to Jesus and be baptized in him. It was just unbelievable to sit back and say, God, you are at work, and he continues to be at work here. But the mission doesn't end, and the vision isn't fully complete just because somebody gets baptized. That's the start of what God does. We're here to be and make disciples. That's our mission. Uh, And this comes from Jesus himself. In Matthew 28, Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. So he's going to give it to me in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. What are we supposed to do? Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So after they receive me and they get baptized, now what? Now what do we do? And he tells us exactly what to do. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given, given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always to the very end of the age. One of the things that you'll hear us say from time to time around here is information plus application equals transformation. And if you were to look at this verse, this is where we get it from. Information. What are we supposed to do? Teach people about God through his word. That's the information. The application Notice that it doesn't say just teach them. It says teach them to obey. It's to put into practice. So it's not only to teach, but to teach them to obey, which then leads to transformation, which is to be and to make disciples. That's the outcome of the information plus application equals transformation. Now, our discipleship pathway uh, came from Nathan, as you heard, and it's fairly simplistic. It's A, B, C, and D. We're a pretty remedial church. I get it. But we can understand and remember those four. Accept, belong, contribute, and disciple. Some of you might be thinking, Dan, what does that mean? I'm so glad you asked. Come back these next four weeks, and we're going to walk through what does it mean to be and make disciples through what God is doing through his word here at Valley Real Life. Now, every year, we pick a focus Now, a focus is just an emphasis that we want to narrow in on that's going to help us accomplish the mission and vision of Jesus. Now, we've done this. You do this in your own life. Uh, You may realize that your work does this, that you have the same mission at your work, but you're going to focus on an area in order to still accomplish the vision and mission of your work. Some of you will do this in your family. Uh, Many of you do this in your hobby. I know it's hunting season. So your mission of hunting doesn't change, but you may be focused this year on your equipment. 
You may be focused this year on your strategy. You may be focused this year you know, on, on the time and the place in which you're going to be going. It's a different focus, but the, vision, but the mission doesn't change. So I'll give you an example as a church. When COVID hit, our focus to accomplish reaching the world for Jesus one person at a time and being making disciples was two words. It was care and connect. That we're going to focus on trying to care for people trying to find a way to care for our community in any way that we could. So we did, you know, like food rooms and we tried to help support and care for those first responders and all that kind of stuff. And then secondly was to connect. How do we stay connected in COVID? How do we stay connected when we can't physically meet as a church? And so that was the focus to accomplish the mission and vision. Does that make sense? So for us, as we move forward, we also as a church have a focus these next several years. And our focus comes from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. The body of Christ. This will continue until we all reach such unity in our faith and the knowledge of God's Son that will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So our word for these next several years is the word invest or investment. Now, many of us think of financial terms when we think of investment because it means to involve or engage for the purpose of a return. So in our language, we use ROI, return on investment. So financial advisors will say, hey, if you invest financially here, this is going to be your best return on investment. We're not about finances, but we are about investing for the kingdom of God. Where can we invest for the greatest return in this next season as God leads? And as an eldership and as a staff, we've come up with three areas that we want to focus on. And some of this will be brand new announcements to some of you. And whether you're here to celebrate our 20 years and it's been a while, or you've been here for 20 years, literally as part of our church, maybe some of this will be something that will excite you for what God is doing around here. So the first way that we're, we're going to want to invest is to invest in our leaders and volunteers. And so it's just to invest in you. We want to be a church that invests in the body of Christ. Like, for example, if you are serving in any capacity, doesn't matter, greeting, child care, midweek, life groups, whatever, if you're serving in any capacity, just, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand, okay? Now, those of you who are serving, you need to understand that you are fulfilling the mission of Jesus Christ. He says he wants his body to be used. As soon as we believe that we're supposed to pay the people to do the work of Christ, we've missed the heart of Christ through the body of Christ. And so as a body, the more we get engaged in what God is doing, it helps our discipleship process, and then we get to be a part of somebody else's. Matt said it at the beginning of the video. As soon as God's people begin to embrace their part to play as part of the body of Christ, the body grows healthy, strong, and begins to reach out in brand new ways. And so I want to encourage you to be involved in that. And so if you are currently serving and volunteering, here's my encouragement for you. Find the staff person who oversees your area and ask them, what's your plan this year to encourage our area of service, to equip our area of service, to invest in our area of service? And if you're serving, my challenge for you as an investment is that you'd stay, remain faithful to serving, but you find one other person to join you in that service which is going to help them in their discipleship process and you as you partner with them in that as well. In fact, one of the things we want to really encourage you is to grow in your prayer life, 
to grow in your time with God and his word so that you can become more and more transformed in the image of Christ by connecting with others and the word of Christ that transforms our life for him. So we want to invest in that. So we're going to invest in leaders and volunteers, and then more of that will be explained in the next couple of weeks. Secondly, we're going to be investing more and more into life groups. Jason said this on the video. This is what the heartbeat of our church is, is in these life groups. Now, I know it's going to be uncomfortable again for some of you, but I'm going to ask you because we want to take a second to pray for you. If you are leading a small group of any kind, we call them life groups here. That means you're leading a kids group, a youth group, a men's group, a women's group, a CR group, you know, a seniors group, a couples group. If you are leading any of those groups, can you please stand? Can you just please stand right where you're at. Now, can we just thank God for these people and just remain standing for a second? <laughs> this is really important for you to hear from me. You are the pastors of this church. You are the ones that God has called and equipped to help disciple other people, whether they're five years old or they're 95 years old. That God has empowered you to be his leaders and workers. You are the priesthood of all believers. I can't disciple everybody. Our staff can't disciple everybody. Which is why when Jesus led the 12 and then he led the 150 and the church was born through the Holy Spirit, he empowered all of these people that are ordinary like you and me to make an extraordinary difference in the lives of others. Your life has incredible significance in the lives of others that you may not know until you actually meet Jesus face to face. So what I want us to do is I want us to pray for those who are standing. And if you know any of the people that are standing, I want you to pray for them as they go into this next season of investment. And if you're in a life group and your life group leader is not here right at this service right now, pray for them. But let's join together with these folks and let's just lift them up to God. God, thank you so much for those who've been willing to stand up and stand out for you. I pray your spirit would just give them the power that is described in Matthew 28 to help make disciples. And we know, Father, that as we make disciples, we become more like you. So lead them, guide them, protect them, energize them. Father, or surround them with your spirit and other people that can encourage them and come alongside in spirit and in truth. We love you and we thank you for their impact. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, guys, for what you are doing. Yeah, you can clap again. We can clap for that again. For those of you who, who missed it, we did a powerful training just a few weeks ago, and we got another training coming up, March 1st and 2nd, that I want you to put on your list. If you're interested in being a life group leader of any kind, or you are one, I want to encourage you, it's worth the time to put on your calendar Friday evening and part on Saturday. If you don't believe me, ask the 100 people who went. It's not a normal training. It really is a discipleship experience you know, for you, whether you're working with women, men, or whoever it may be. So I want to encourage you with that. That's what's coming up as one of the ways that we can invest in you as life group leaders, and there's other ways as well. Now, we also, you know, speaking of which, we believe that being a disciple best happens uh, in circles, not in rows. This is important. 
but we want you to know one another and we want you to know God as God knows you and you know one another. Jesus did this with his disciples and we believe that how he did it is, an, is important for us to model and follow. In fact, for those of you who are thinking as you're going into your fall schedule and you're not yet in a life group, you haven't joined a life group yet, I want to encourage you, this is something new we started this last year, there's going to be a groups, life groups meeting on Sunday night and Tuesday night here at the building with childcare provided. And so it's not a long experience. I know kind of going to people's homes can be difficult and it can be uh, uncomfortable and I, you need childcare and I don't want to stay you know, for weeks and weeks and weeks. It's seven weeks long and that you'll be able to come. If you're not in a group, this is what I want to encourage you to come to. Now, if you're in a group, I would strongly encourage you to invite one more couple, one more individual to your group this fall. And I know this is right where you start saying, well, but Dan, I, I really like my group. I, I don't want to add anybody else. Aren't you glad they didn't have that mindset when they invited you? You know, just want to <laughs> remind you of how this started so that you can continue to embrace the idea of inviting and including other people. So we're going to be investing in leaders. We're going to be investing in life groups. And lastly, and there's some big announcements coming. We're going to be investing in locations, in locations. There are three huge things that we're going to be focused on this year as it pertains to locations that help us reach the world for Jesus and be and make disciples. And the first is what I'm wearing today. And it's the first time I've worn a t-shirt while preaching in eight years. And so it's Riverside. So we are launching Riverside. In fact, right now, as we speak, they're having their soft opening. They're running around that building. I just got a text message a few minutes ago from Jay and just taking pictures of how things are working or not and all these things that are happening. And they're very excited. They're worshiping the Lord right now. They're praying you know, over their community right now in preparation for next week's launch. Why are we doing this? Because we believe people in North Spokane, believe it or not, need Jesus also. Not just our area. And so we want to be able to reach those people as well. And the harvest, the opportunity is so great. And it's still not too late. For those of you who may live more in that direction, next week, go. Be a part of what God is doing there and see what he can do through you as you continue to reach and disciple people. Now, here at Barker, uh, we're also growing, and uh, but as you can look around at the 930 service, and we haven't even hit the main part of our fall yet, and so there's opportunities that God is bringing our way. You've noticed in the last year and a half, we have invested in this campus so that we can fulfill the mission and vision. It's the reason why we themed out the kids' area. There's a reason why we expanded the lobby. There's a reason why we did an indoor playground. There's a reason why we supported financially all the youth camps, all for the helping to fulfill the mission and vision. So here are some new things, or a reminder, some old things and opportunities. First, we officially got approval for our second road to go out towards Henry. So that is a big, big deal. So what that means is when this road is done, is those of you who live in Liberty Lake, especially in South Liberty Lake, will be able to go out towards this learning center to the east of us. It'll connect to Henry Road. And as, as you can see, there is now a bridge that connects South Liberty Lake. And you'll be able to go over the bridge onto Sprague, onto Liberty Lake Road, I mean, onto Henry Road and into our property and avoid Barker altogether. That's the excitement to be able to do. But we need your prayers, you know, because winter is coming. 
So we're not sure when this is going to be done because you have to pour asphalt different times and that kind of stuff. So we're, we're on a little bit of a time crunch. So we know by the spring for sure it's going to be done. But we're praying, praying, praying that before Thanksgiving, but it's all dependent on the weather. You know, so I know nobody's praying for snow right now. So just pray that it remains 70 degrees, you know, until uh, November for when that's going to happen. So excitement that's coming up there. Why are we doing that? Because we want to reach people for Jesus one person at a time. Uh, the other thing that we're recognizing is if you look around, we're running out of room. We're out of room. And so we're going to be adding a fifth service beginning January 7th. A fifth service. So we'll have one on Thursday, and we will add one more on Sunday morning. So it'll be four on Sunday morning, times yet to be determined. And so it's an opportunity. Keep inviting. But here's what we know. You've got to invite people who actually can find a seat. And so we, I want to encourage you with a couple things. Number one, for this fall, can you prayerfully, prayerfully consider moving to the 8 o'clock or Thursday? Okay, the 8 o'clock or Thursday. Thursday is wonderful, you know, because you have your whole weekend available. 8 o'clock is wonderful, especially if you love football. You have the whole day to watch. And so I want to encourage you. We're going to try to throw enticements at you because here's what we know. When we get full like this is that people stop inviting other people. And God has given us an opportunity to reach our community for Jesus. And we want to try to do the best that we can to make room for others. But come when your people come with you. In addition, and this is going to sound encouraging to some of you and not so encouraging to others, please park further away when you come. So try to park further away. Think about it as people come into your house. When they come to your house, do you fill up the driveway with just all of your own cars and say, sorry, park about a block away and I'll see you at dinner at six? No, you make space for your guests to park closer as a form of hospitality. So starting next week, when you come, try, for those of you who can and are able, try to park further away, making room for those you know, who, so they can park closer. So that's our adding of service. Now, another huge news for Barker is in doing five services, we don't want to do that forever. We don't want to burn out people, volunteers, staff, all that kind of stuff. And so next year, we will start the largest campaign in the history of our church financially to build a new auditorium that'll be just behind this wall. And so God is leading us to do that. So that this room becomes more of a youth room and a youth area. Women's ministry will meet in here as they continue to grow. CR will meet in here as they continue to grow. Offices will be expanded. You'll see you know, um, other things, other parking that's got to be added. All that kind of stuff that we believe that God is leading us to be able to do. Now, I'm going to ask you to start praying now. How is God leading you to financially contribute? Here's what I want you to think about. Especially for those of you who've been here for 10 years or less. Do you realize that we are the recipients of other people's generosity? That we are seated in seats and in a facility that most of us did not contribute a dime to. But there was a group of people who decided to say, you know what? We believe in what God is doing in this community that we're going to sacrifice greatly financially because we know that people are going to benefit in their spiritual life and people are going to come to Jesus. And because of that, those of you who've been here for 10 years or longer, I hope you didn't miss that. Even in the last nine years, we've had over 1,300 baptisms because of the sacrifice partly due financially to people contributing and recognizing, you know what? 
I may not ever meet these people, but I'm going to give financially because the impact that it's going to be made in these people's lives is going to last for all eternity. We don't care about being a large church. This isn't about us. This is about investing literally into the lives of other people. As we have been invested in, and many of us, me included, I'm a recipient of other people's generosity, and now I get to be a part and help lead us together to be uh, people who are going to be receiving the recipient of our generosity for years to come. What will this celebration video look like 10 years from now, 20 years from now, as we get to see what God does For I believe, as I said at the beginning, that God has you here for such a time as this. So I'm going to ask you to pray about it even now as we go into 2024. Not only are we invested in Riverside, not only are we invested in our Barker uh, campus and community, but as you heard, we're about the community. We want to invest in locations in the world. And some of the things that we're doing here, as well as around the world, is to help fulfill the mission and vision. This is why we did our indoor playground. It's not primarily for your and my kids. Our kids can enjoy it for sure, but we're hoping to use this as an opportunity to influence our community for Jesus. If whether they'll go to church or not, here's what I do know. We saw in this, and as soon as the weather changes, people are dying to find places to let their kids burn off energy. And so as school starts again, we've changed the hours and it's going to be coming into effect really, really soon. You can see that on the screen so that when people drop off their kids, you can come here. The coffee shop's going to be open. And so you can actually meet up with other moms or dads, whoever it may be, and allow your kids to play at the same time. That's why we did the indoor playground. And so I'm excited to see that, you know, continue as we head into the first use of this this fall. Secondly, uh, we recognize that our outdoor playground, uh, we're tired of giving your kids splinters. If you have been out there, there have been beehives and all that kind of stuff. So we have already bought and paid for uh, an outdoor equipment as well. And so outdoor equipment will be installed. So we have an outdoor playground, you know, that's coming that you'll see on the screen also, uh, that's coming uh, this spring. So the foundations will be laid so that we can have a place again for our community to actually have time outside, you know, as well. This is also why we let the community use for free our fields. You'll see flight football teams. You'll see lacrosse teams, youth soccer. If you're coaching or if you know, they're always in the need of more places to play. Say, bring them down here. People bring their four-legged animals down here all the time. How do I know? I've stepped in their you-know-whats, you know, when they have left them behind. And, and so we're encouraging people, use the campus, use this place as we continue to invest in our community. We're also continuing to focus on schools. You know, those who win the kids win the community. And we want to be a church that continues to do whatever we can to come alongside our school district. And so we send handwritten notes to Green Acres and Riverbed Elementary three times a year. We host a breakfast for the middle school and high schools a couple times a year. We do quarterly meals at Riverbend and Green Acres. We meet benevolence needs at multiple elementaries. We help school district teachers with supplies for their kiddos. And if you hear of any other opportunity, we want to hear about it. We want to invest. We want to come alongside and be a great partner with schools specifically in our community. But it's not just our community. It's not just our region. It's around the world. You've heard the opportunities that God has given us to partner with the Philippines, Uganda, Egypt. That's John, Ronald, and you got to meet him last week, Meher. 
and the ministries that don't create a dependence on us, but help come alongside them as they continue to reach their communities for Jesus through tangible ways like water, like wells, like widows' houses. So God is calling us to invest in leaders, in life groups, and in locations so that we can get a return on investment, not for us, but for him and for his glory. He has brought us here for such a time as this. So as we close, God is calling every person to be a partner to invest in his kingdom through Valley Real Life. You're here for a reason. What is that reason based on what we talked about? Was there anything that was mentioned either for the benefit of your own growth? Maybe it's to accept Christ. Maybe it's just to jump into a life group, whatever it may be, or it's to invest in the lives of others in practical ways, financial ways, time ways, whatever God may be doing. But my prayer is that we will do this together and that we will look back on this weekend as another marker for what God was able to do. And we can sit back in awe and say, Lord, you are good and we got a chance to be a part of it. Will you pray with me? God, thank you so much for today, for this opportunity that you've given to us. And I pray you would lead, guide, and direct our steps as we just want to continue the vision that you have instilled years ago. This is your church and we are your people. So here we are. Use us. Allow us to become more like you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we close, uh, there's a story in the Old Testament about a woman you know, who found herself in a situation that she wouldn't even dream of. But in that situation, created an opportunity. The woman's name was Esther. And Esther, an un, un, unknown gal, becomes a queen in the region. But unfortunately, she was also put into a situation where her Jewish people were about ready to get annihilated. And it was her uncle Mordecai who finds out about the annihilation of the Jewish people and comes to Esther and says, you know what, Esther? God's gonna do what God does. He's gonna make sure that he protects and he leads and he guides because it's all about him in the first place. But then he says one of those famous verses in all of our scriptures when he says, but who knows, Esther, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. You see, could it be that God has brought you here for such a time as this so that you can grow through something called a life group, so that you can grow in relationships with others? Could it be that God has brought you here to volunteer in the life of somebody else and see the ripple effect continue in that next generation? Could it be that God has brought you here to invest in the foundation of places like Riverside here at Barker for future families and generations to come? Could it be that God has brought you here to impact lives that you may never meet on this side of eternity, but in heaven, you're gonna find somebody from Uganda that's gonna say, thank you for praying for me. Thank you for giving for me because my life was changed forever because of you. Could it be that it's not an accident that God has us together of all time and all place of history with billions of people in the world that you and I are together right now at this moment, at this day for such a time as this? You're here for a reason. It is not an accident that God has you in this room. And I'm so encouraged and challenged to go on this journey with you.
to sacrifice alongside you, to persevere and to make a difference in our community and our region and our world for such a time as this. Could it be that we are here for him and for one another? Will you stand with me as we sing this closing song of commitment together?